You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to Axe to Grind. Oh, fake out. Yo, uh, y'all know we've been doing these little premieres for friends, acquaintances, and well-wishers. Uh, we have a good one today. Uh, our friends at Dark Medicine and Streets of Hate are co-releasing a record for the band Wild Red uh, called Brain Squeeze. It's 12-inch. It's up for pre-order on July 9th, which is, if you're listening to this episode the week it came out, it's in like three days. It's on Friday. Friday, July 9th. Uh, this song is uh, it's a good one. It's like a little sampling. You get a feel for what the record's like. Uh, I believe the track is called On Set. So, uh, pre-order this record on July 9th. Wild Red from Wilkes-Barre uh, features members of Choice to Make, One Step Closer, our big boy Fantasy Camp. It's really good. they got some shows coming up with Wiccafaze and Anxious. Uh, check those shows out. Pre-order the record. Dark Medicine, Streets of Hate. There you go. going to launch immediately into sponsors unless you guys have an objection nobody you nope. take the wheel and drive okay Pro-cat. so we're doing a just one thing i'm picking just one thing from run for cover records that's run for cover records.com uh normally we try to promote things on uh, around when they come out and then occasionally we'll dip back into the archives and, and see what's in the catalog and try to hip people to stuff that they don't know about. But to this week, I'm going to be hipping people to stuff that our audience definitely knows about. But I think that they are getting more and more pressure to listen to. And what I mean by that is 
uh, I've seen two uh, re- relatively mainstream music uh, journalist outlets, uh, uh, websites, I think they're called, uh, pr- promoting, uh, well, everybody knows the Fiddlehead record. Everybody Between the Riches, so the new one. Mm. It's, it's, uh, I just, I, I, I guess I want to promote it again. I saw that they got a big sort of nod from stereo, uh, gum, right? Uh, like number and one, hit the charts. uh, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it hit the charts. Basically, right, here's what I'm yeah. saying. Here's what I'm saying. If, if you're a person who thinks that fiddlehead is not for you, you're probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, and maybe this is, help me work through this, fellas. I don't want to no-sale something to our more basement crowd by making it sound really likable. Mm. But I also want, because I, I want them to try it. I also want to stress that this is the type of record that nearly anyone in our listenership is, it, it should give a shot to. Yes. How There's like, legitimately no one I know that doesn't like that record. And okay. Question. Is it okay to be so well loved? Hard for some. It is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Some people, some, if some people, and I'm one of them. When, mm-hmm. when I see something well loved, I go must be dog shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm trying, I'm trying to combat my, my, th- like the version of myself that is listening to this. And you want to hear the irony? The, the version of myself that is hearing me say this thinks that they are nothing like me. Right. Mm. And they're just like you. Yeah, right. Like, they're the contrary dickhead that thinks that, that oh, I'm nothing like Patrick. But you are like Patrick because you're, you're a contrary dickhead, just like I would think I'm nothing like myself. The point is, the fiddlehead record, Between the Riches, is getting big ups from places that are outside our immediate sphere. And I think there's a reason for that. Am I right or am I right? I'm right. I'm right. You're right. Okay. Thank you. Right. Uh, you can pick that up. Runforcoverrecords.com. Uh, on runforcoverrecords.com. Uh, do you guys have a re- do you- Here's a question. Sorry, mm. derailing us. Mm. Do you find, I saw somebody make this observation, and it's, I agree with it very much, that as you get older, you don't stop liking music. You just forget song titles. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, some and some not. I, I, I think there's a large swath of people who never know song titles. I just That's know true. track five. Right. Um, so many CD people in the cars. Oh, yeah. Especially pre podcast, like pre Apple stuff. I can't tell you, but like, yeah, track four. I'm like, Have we advanced past four? the need for song titles? Maybe. But I always thought that the bands that just had numbers kind of sucked. Super sucked. Seemed like it was trying too hard. Yeah, way try hard. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll give credit. Some bands do it well. I think our homies in d- d- Colonial Wood doesn't do that, do they? They have. Uh, yeah, I, have. I think they do numbers. And I think that that mostly fits with their vibe. However, right. however, if they're on like, a f- like if they get to like three LPs and they're still on numbers, oh yeah, I'm protesting. Well, what's your favorite song? Twenty three or I'm a big fan of thirty seven. That's what I'm saying. Like that's fine if you're going for like. Do you remember that that big like Red Sparrows and and uh, Pelican mm-hmm. and there was just like a, a moment where everything was like 
yeah, we're an, we're an uh, instrumental band that plays heavy music. And those bands kind of always had abstract or, or, or intentionally obtuse uh, song titles, right. like numbers. And it was okay because it was meant to be listened to as a whole, you know? But right. like, that Colonial Wound record just has like a banger on it that can exist on a mixtape. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a uh, whatever. Long story short, Fiddlehead. If you don't, if you haven't given them a shot yet, because whatever you think, Run for Cover's soft. You think we're soft. Just fuck yourself and listen to it. You're gonna like it. Next up <laughs> uh, is is going to Close Casket Activities. Again, this is uh, I'm just piggybacking off of uh, a large news outlet coverage i saw today i'm going to uh regional justice center another band that everyone in our listenership knows but maybe you think they're too aggressive for you maybe you're the fiddlehead kid that thinks oh regional justice center that's cool but i don't want to listen to it uh a thing that all all three of us have said on this podcast it is a much and maybe ian would take exception to this it's a much more listenable version of this type of music than you will get from the OGs in this genre of music. Is that fair? I tend to agree. I think it's undeniable, but we kind of, maybe, is that throwing Ian under the bus? Why is it bad to be listenable? Because, listen, because half our listenership is, we do have people under 22 that listen to this shit that are still hung up on notions like what's cool and what's not. They exist. We do have those listeners. Mm. So, like, look, Dystopia. Is Dystopia a good band, yes or no? Yes. Okay. I would say not 90% of our listeners that think they like Dystopia like the logo. They don't actually like Dystopia's music. And <laughs> that is because Dystopia is cool as fuck. So you get hung up on the coolness. Bob, does that track? Uh, Yeah, it tracks. I mean, so, maybe the thing is Dystopia is better... Dystopia deserves more than that, but you're not wrong. Like most of the people who, 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 like Tom just noted, and I didn't need to. Dystopia is good. Like they got got tracks, got records, but a lot of people who vibe on Dystopia or who are trying to buy that Dystopia bootleg shirt just love that logo. And God bless, it's a cool logo. I'm fuck yeah. I'm just saying that there, that's like me saying, hey, anybody can listen to Fiddlehead somebody's going to reject it. And me saying, hey, Regional Justice Center uh, is an approachable version of this. There's people that are spitting things out and being like, I want the unapproachable version. I want the shit that fucking hurts my ears. And I wish that I could get you guys to just, what I'm trying to convey, this is good music, right? Mm. You don't have to be this genre loyalist when something actually speaks to you. I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm currently not talking to anybody. Like I'm talking to my, I'm not talking to my co-host. I'm not talking to any specific listener. And I feel kind of like I'm floating in space. Do you guys mm. understand what I'm saying or no? Yeah. Thank no, you. you're not. You're you're saying yes. What you're saying is that it's listenable. That's good. And just because something's listenable doesn't mean it's bad. So pick up the goddamn Regional Justice Center C and P hooded sweatshirt. It's. Pretty much, it, it, it's you go through all that to sell a shirt or a well, record. Well, here's the deal: we, like we give the people what they want. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like these are two bands that people like for good reason. I guess that's I, I could sum up this entire fucking lengthy diatribe I just went off on by saying, hey, sometimes 
thing, brushing your teeth. It's a good idea. You don't got to fight it. You know what right. I mean? Sometimes bands get big because they deserve it. Yo, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's the thing like that Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, well, it's the thing that Amanda said to me a long time ago that she's smarter than me. Sometimes things that are popular are popular for a reason because they're really good or enjoyable or likable. You know what I mean? Like, yo, Oreos aren't super successful because they're just kind of okay or a niche market cookie. They fucking rock. Yeah. It doesn't I don't mean I'm trying to, to Olivia Rodrigo because it sucks. Right. <laughs> so, grown uh, ass people listen to some 18 year old, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, you're going to go to where, Patrick? Closedcasketactivities.com. And uh, big shout outs to our other sponsors, Deathwish Inc. and to Live a Lie Records. We love you all. Uh, go support them. Let them know we sent you. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, hey. How are we feeling tonight? What's, what, what are we doing? I, I think that I have been handed the conch, and it is my turn to speak. And I'm going to speak until one of you drops a rock on my head and says, Shut Hey, you know what? The, I'm just going to say the fat kid gets the rock hit on, it landed on his head. <laughs> mm. I read that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That book has the straight up, it has the line in it that I think sums up uh, basically hardcore subculture. Mm-hmm. And I, we did everything adults did. How did it go so wrong? Joe <laughs> like, sums well it up. Said, yeah. Did everyone have to read that in like eighth grade? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. Yeah, truly. And uh, both both or the flies for the folks that probably don't have to read it anymore. That's a fact. Uh, Both versions of the movie are are worth watching, by the way. Agree. Uh, Agree. So the Sargetti one. And there was one in like the 70s. It's black and white. So I assume it's. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, So uh, I'm going to suggest a topic today. These fellows don't know what it is. They just handed me the conch. It's a, it's, a, it's a big topic, and we can take it in any which direction you choose to. I don't suggest it uh, with the, the idea of getting heavy or getting loose. It, it is whatever it is. Here's the question. What is credibility to you? Mm, wow, good question. I've got an answer, but Tom, do you want to go? I mean, to me, well, in terms of just in terms of music... Into, you can start from any place on the spectrum of, of your first thoughts on it, and we'll just drill down and dial it in. I mean, if we're going to just keep it in like, like hardcore or whatever, um, since this is a hardcore podcast, I think to me, credibility is your um, music slash lyrics uh, match your life experience. Okay, it's an a- it's an answer. I might push back, but we'll see. Bob, what do you got? Uh, credibility to me, and speaking more broadly, is when uh, your thoughts, actions, and uh, words align, and that you can be a trusted source. Okay, I'll I'll first I'll go he- I'll go top level heavy on that. Mm. W- when, how many? Uh, foibles. How many? How many uh, uh, inconsistencies? How, yeah. yeah. How many inconsistencies can you have before you are no longer a credible person? That that is where we uh, get into humanities, right? Um, 
it is based on the audience. There are people, and I think we've all experienced them, who it's a one and done. That's yeah, it. That's true. That's true. If you if yeah. you slip up once, you're you're toast. If you're a weather person, you can get it wrong <laughs> yeah. 90% of the time. If you're Stephen A. Smith, uh, you never got to get it right. No. No, you just got to say it. Look at Al Roker. <laughs> He's one of the more beloved Americans. It's true. It was never right. That's a fact. So, so, so for some, it's once. Uh, for many, it's um, consistent. I was actually having a, a conversation today about um, uh, not not family member, but dear dear friend, close acquaintance, uh, who's going through it and, um, they're an addict. So, um, and going through it hard and a hard way, a far way away from all those who are close to them. And, um, to put it lightly, they're not credible right now. Yeah, that happens. That said, based on who this person is in proximity, they can rebuild that credibility. And I think that's where reasonable people come to is the idea that, hey, people fuck up. If you think someone's infallible, well, <laughs> ask five people about them and see if, if that's true. <laughs> and, uh, and in reality, um, credibility is something that you build up over time and enables and allows mistakes to happen and people to forgive them for you quickly. As opposed now, to this, like, as opposed to this monolith that, as soon as there's one mistake, you're down. You're you're not, you know, tower down. Now, now do you think the the amount of do overs that you may get is equitable on how you've treated people on the other end? Like, if you're like, you get one fuck up, that person got one fuck up. You better not fuck up then, because you only get one do over. Some well, people, some people go Hammurabi on that eye for an eye style. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. If and I, I help there's to a certain extent yeah. to like, you know, and then he 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 was wrong twice. Yeah. Like, and then I fucked up three times. Yeah. 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 No, you know, and that should it's, come it's, after me because I held them to a different standard. It's tough. It's a losing yourself. game, right? It's a losing game at that point because you're always gonna have to stay better and. The people I've met in life who seem happier seem like they're they give more chances. Now that doesn't mean it's infinite. No, and it doesn't mean you <laughs> want to get it doesn't mean you want to get scammed no. hard in a, in a serious situation. That's another fact. But okay, so I addressed Bob's uh, uh, idea of it. Now, Tom, back to yours. Great. Question regarding that: What if lyrically a band is telling stories? It's, it's conceivably something they've seen, but maybe not even. Maybe they don't see themselves as, hey, this is a direct experience that I've had, but this is a story I've heard, and I thought it was in line with whatever I'm trying to convey to the world. Do they lose credibility? or, or is No. It- I mean, I think I, it's different. All right, so like Defeater. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have like a record that was like literally like Letters Home from the War? Yeah, they've got like a theme. Like they yeah, right. like it's like So I'm not being like happens. Yeah, like let me see your dog tags. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> right. Like they're telling a fucking story or like, you know, when you like think how many people were bummed out when they first realized that Holly Hawks didn't exist. Mm. 
<laughs> so saves the day. Everyone was like, please, 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 Mr. Like everyone was like, you know, when the guy was like, yeah, there wasn't even someone that was based on. It was just like something I made up. You're like, God damn it. I think, you know, it, you know, it, if your lyrics are about, say, street life mm-hmm. and you clearly don't, you know, and there's nothing wrong. Like you should be happy. You don't have to live that street life. I think your credibility is, is called into question immediately. That's what, when I think of like hardcore, I think of credibility. That's what I think of. It's like, you can't write songs about like, you know, beating people's ass when you haven't. I mean, if, if that's a, uh, a, a prerequisite, there's going to be a lot of people that didn't, that, that snuck into the class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that have done enough work for three bands. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, I, I this is on my mind today because there's a, a a media personality whose job is to discredit and destroy people's lives, and mm. and today, uh, yeah, Yashar Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Give person. Us more information behind that. Sure. So this is a person who uh, is kind of always the first to jump out and say, uh, you know, basically this is this is like a, a chief inquisitor of of cancellation you know somebody who's just always quick with the jump out and they 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 have a couple bylines and they market themselves as a journalist so in the same way that sean king has detractors he also has people that go to him as oh this is a journalist you know and this is a guy i should trust now he's again he's got his critics and i'm sure yashar ali does too but uh today a lengthy article comes out that is a hit piece on Yashar Ali. And it's pretty goddamn damning. Mm. And what's interesting about it for me is two things. A, there's something so obvious that it almost hurts about the notion that if you have a lot of skeletons, you are typically trying to you are out there all the time you know right Right, pushing the attention away from you to somebody else yeah that seems like a thing uh you know it's like it's like a stereotype and a caricature but seemingly feels very true and situations like this we could have imagined right but then also where do we go from here because this man is very popular with a certain section of of twitter you know people that see him as a kind of like a just a lever of justice, you know, like, like, Oh, it's so good that this man brings to light these things. And he's got such a big platform. Now right. the, the question is, has he lost credibility by basically the article makes him out to be a grifter. He, he's, he befriends wealthy people in Los Angeles, borrows money from them, never returns it, gets, mm. <laughs> gets, uh, 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 judgments against him and then defaults on the payment. And th- that's, his angle and meanwhile doing like pretty pretty duplicitous shit like writing articles about people that he befriends with the effort of absolving them in the press and then sleeping at their house rent free does that make sense? so anyway it turns out he's a grifter by the standards of the day and i'm curious in the same way that trump has people that hang on his every word despite the fact that he has zero credibility you know, this, is there this is axe to grind yeah, no I get it but who hangs on to this right and 
Like who hangs on to Yashar Ali when he loses all credibility? So it's got me thinking about credibility as a concept. Now, as it relates to hardcore music, it's a thing that we've talked about a few times mm. where is it important that you have lived a thing? We all say no. Is it important that you have proximity to a thing? Maybe. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 this is just a large topic that was on my mind today because in certainly in Drug Church, which is uh, not a hardcore band, uh, I'm not... People thought, I hear from people that say, oh, I thought all these songs were about you. And I'm like, Jesus, I've got an interesting life. You know, like, wow, I'm in an... You never worked in a science. You didn't do a science. Yeah, (laughs) I've never done science. So, uh, you know, I guess what I'm, that is to say, how many levels of extrapolation on your personal experience can you apply somebody else's experience to kind of make a composite and then sing about? Do you guys have an opinion on that? Yeah, I think um I think it it's all in how you bring it and how the way you deliver it. Um are you speaking in first person? Are you speaking, you know what I mean, like perspective like is is very important. If if for example, Weed Pin was you saying I was the one, it, but but even in the way you sing that song, it's it's third person narrative you know what i mean right i mean he does say i should have started a chemical fire oh yeah you do but that's in quotations <laughs> that's in the quotations of the song isn't it See, um, that's, that's kind of what i'm saying that doesn't even know his lyrics so he yeah can't no, i know I, i'm trying i'm about to like google him but he has to first um but yeah like you know like think of a hardcore song that that the three of us would go from i really like that song to or at least it's okay you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know what a good example of that would be, but no, like, I, I know. I, I think I think the if you're in the first person lyrically, your best bet for if you're concerned with with the authenticity or credibility to it is is speaking from experience in this genre. Um, but I don't think that means, and I don't think Tom's saying this either. Like, no one's saying you can't sing about things you haven't lived. Just give it the proper perspective. Context, yeah, the context, yeah. right? And um, yeah, no, like, like that's, and I think that's a lyrical difference. And and it's hard, you know. I, I think there's plenty of music, especially in plenty of lyrics, especially in hardcore, that are uh, quite a bit of pretendo, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And some will never know. And some are pretty obvious or whatever, you know, and this isn't like some like gotcha moment thing where we're trying to say like, oh, there's this band who's no, it's just this is this is Patrick's uh, flighty topic, which is good. I, I think it's I guess I should say and I think, Tom, you said this when you used the defeater example, you can sing things, you can go into third person but maybe make it clear that you are. And I, I think it's not that different. Than, right. Right. And, and not even clear. You don't have to be like, I wrote this about 1946. <laughs> like if you know, like, I mean, I don't think like anyone, well, I don't know who knows, but no, I, I, I think you're, you're right. Yeah. I mean, in terms of credibility, like if Pat never worked in a science lab, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, well, well, this all falls apart now. Okay, hold on. Like, this is stupid. Like, hold on. No, it, that's because he tells stories. But if a band that say 
you know, wanted to be like fucking E-Town Concrete or fucking yeah. Mad – like if you – you know, Mad Bull writes about stuff that they lived. I know this is the week we talk about Mad Bull every week, but they're that good. True. If you found out that they were like living in like gated communities and right <laughs> might take away from it. The lower east side, you'd be like, ah, oh, that kind of stinks. Because like it's such like a it's it's so intri- and like intrinsic into their their music, their name, the everything. But if it okay. was like, you know, hey, you you're writing songs about being a fucking lumberjack, but you live in fucking South Florida. <laughs> does anyone care? Does it does it matter? Does it Okay, Tom. Are those lyrics hitting you in any way anyway? Here's a question. Yes. The disconnect between uh, instrument playing musician and vocalist, how extreme can it be? Because Madball, Madball, for example, famously had a a short-tenured member who came from a different circumstance than the rest of the fellas. Yeah. Now, does it take anything away from what Freddie sang on stage during that time that somebody in the band couldn't no. relate. No, no. I mean, I think, I mean, think about how many straight edge bands are out now or straight edge reunion bands where the same. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> you know I mean? and, and I mean, yo, and to come pull it out too, Roger's no longer living in a squad and his right. life is different than it was in 1984. That doesn't change that he lived these things and that they were a real experience for him. You know, um, and right, that, that right. idea of changed context over time is interesting because we see it. We see certain artists who stop performing songs, others who change the songs, et cetera, et cetera. And others who, who will give context if a song feels like it falls out of their views now um, or not aligned. And that kind of all like I think that lends to credibility is the idea of being able to be self-aware and reflective of it and be able to go, Hey, you know what? This isn't where I'm at now. But at the same time, I'm not telling Roger, he can't sing victim in pain. That dude uh, lived it, you know? Right. Okay. Okay. Related question. Can you pretend to be of a thing long enough that you become of a thing or, Will fake you, it you make it? Not fake it till you make it in terms of success, but fake it till you make it. Like, are you there across? Like, yeah, no one's going to check your yes few days. Like, like, are there hardcore bands that perhaps we could think about but won't say who maybe are pretty outside of our idea of hardcore? You know, and our idea can be anything. Our idea, we're not the uh, arbiters of that topic necessarily. So, what's it worth? Who knows? But, uh who are kind of from outside of that, who have done, who have um, assumed themselves into hardcore shows, et cetera, et cetera, for long enough that to anybody younger than us, that's a hardcore band. Yeah, for sure. And, and is there no credibility there? Or if you do a thing for 20 years, is that just suffice to say, yeah, you're, that's it. You're, you're, you're in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like is, the, these are like splitting hair things, obviously. Right. And right. I mean, this is like, you're, I mean, isn't this the akin to like the uncanny Valley hardcore that you always talk about? It is, but it isn't because they, sound I the, they, they, they play the role, but it's not, but those bands they can sound exactly like Shai Hulud, but they're uh, Shai Hulud. You would consider a hardcore band while sure. whatever other band you note. But, and we've talked about the fact that, those bands will eventually be accepted as hardcore bands, no doubt. But like, I think they are. It, yeah, very likely. But is there? 
I don't know. I, I just find this topic of credibility as you get older, it takes on a different kind of meaning for you, right? Like as a kid, it, you're almost literal. You, you need yes. everything to be as it is uh, sold to you. And anything shy of that is a, is a false bill of goods in your mind and you're mad, you know? But then as you get older, you understand that, yeah, you're communist band, but the, you know, the fucking the three of you come from money or, you know, you're all going to inherit your parents' dog food factory or whatever the fuck it is, right? <laughs> like, and, uh, and you're accepting of that because you understand that it's a compromised world. You know, and and mm. uh, absolutes are difficult. Uh, but I mean, think about it now. Say it again. Sorry, no. But even just thinking about it now, like think of you as a kid, the dude or the well, you know the girl that went to a show three years before you did had all the credibility. Mm. Now I think in twenty twenty one, nobody gives a shit about that. Yeah, that's true. That's you know what true. I mean? Like that's, back that's in the day, like when you were like, evolution. You're right. Yeah, like the you know the 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 idiot from high school that was two years older than you and got into burn first <laughs> was right. like he had all the credibility. You're a new jack that you know you have no credibility. You just you just showed up. But like now, with like no one's looking at uh, you know an elder states person as having any more credibility than someone who may be around for six years. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, now, Bob, were, mm. did you ever find yourself on an extreme end of this at all? Or have you always been the, – the reason I ask is because at a relatively young age, not young, but at a relatively mm-hmm. young age, uh, you were uh, put in charge of a record label where you had to deal with flawed people. Sure, yeah, yeah. I was 24. 24. Um, wow. Yeah. And some of the and some of the people that you had to deal with were legends. Are yeah, legends. yeah, yeah. And you realize <laughs> that legends have feet of clay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, did you learn quickly to continue to enjoy their music or did you struggle at some juncture? Well, that's a cool question. Um No, largely I Largely, this was an exercise in learning to be able to separate art from artists sometimes. And I want to also say most of the people that I got a chance to work with in any close capacity while I was at Revelation were good people. And it doesn't even mean that I saw eye to eye. It doesn't mean that we agreed. It doesn't mean that uh, I thought highly of them and they might not have thought highly of me, but, 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 but. But but they were good people, and um, and good people can disagree, and good people can think differently. Um, it did. I'm trying to think of a very specific example, um, because it's not just just Rev, and it's not just people who are older. But it, it did make me think about um, their relation to the music and how different it was from mine. And when you're 24, that's a lot more visceral. And there's a lot more of that edge. And, and I mean, 24, by the way, when I was 24, I felt like I was an old person, you know? <laughs> right. Um, you know, because you know, if you get into hardcore when you're 14, 15, uh, you know. You've, see, you, you've seen a lot of it by the time you're, you're 24. That's a fact. Right. So, so I, um, but still then, I still had remnants of that visceral, like, 
real, not real? Uh, how much does this mean to you if it doesn't mean if if what this music is doesn't mean to you in this moment what I deem it should then or I question your authenticity you know or what I insist that it meant to you 25 years prior right 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 and and so that that came into my head a few times but but I, I was thankful for some of the people who I had around me you know um in terms of like the people I worked with or whatever, who were, you know, uh, one who I won't name, but she was 12 years older than me and I value as a, a friend to this day and still talk to here and there, um, was really good about being like, hey, you know, they're like, they're like older than me or my age and they're just trying to like figure out where they can do this project that meant the world to them a decade or two ago uh, while also, you know, making sure their kid gets up for school and getting to work and all that stuff. Um, so it's it, the, the context of real or not, because I, I think there's the lyrical context of what they're singing about, where they come from, um, and then how that evolves over time. It's, it's tough, you know. I, I was pretty good about it. I thankfully had people to check me if i got out of out of control um but yeah i i think that that's something people probably even i was gonna say now it seems like people are way better about it it does it's it seems like there's a much more like opt-in participation which has its which has its double-edged sword qualities like there's some negatives to that i, I had this conversation with someone not long ago about how like the like die hard this is who i am i am into hardcore and this is what i spend all my free time like thinking about caring about obsessive like need to feel a part of it isn't as there in a lot not all but in many of the younger people i talk to but i'm like yo that feels so much healthier <laughs> but you wonder where that leaves things at the end of the day so that's a good answer. And now I'm going to pivot the same question to Tom. The reason that I asked him second is because I think that this is going to be a very short answer. <laughs> Tom, you were, and for those of you, if this is your first time listening, Tom is from New York and started playing in bands when you were what age? Uh, 17. <laughs> so you were exposed in short order to being backstage with people you admired. Ha did, yeah. did you did you even make it to twenty before realizing that <laughs> that uh, it's not life isn't as advertised? You, you know what? I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, you were wearing the rose tinted glasses for longer than that. Yeah. No shit. Tell me about it. So put it this way. So like, uh, I was just I was just talking to this story with Justin. I think we, I probably spoke about it. We've been around for so long now that I've probably repeated stories. So I apologize. So okay. go in. Yeah. So like figure I was we were all 21 and Justin was 18 I think. Mm. Uh and you know Justin comes home he might wait, have been 17. And wait wait Tom can I interrupt you? Yes. So Justin was 18. Uh yes. he was dating Rachel who is a couple years older than him is that right? Yeah, we're all the same age. So the rest of indecision are all the same age born the same year. Okay. So Justin was dating 
older woman. When I say older woman, whatever. Yes. So dating an older woman who was herself a talented musician, and he was writing writing the music for a band that was gaining popularity. Correct. Was he just a fucking nightmare to be around? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. Well, I mean, the whole story, I mean, Rachel's incredibly talented and, you know, had like, you know, I toured before. Like, she wasn't on the first record. She's only on the second and in the second oh, record right. after. So, like, his whole thing was like, I need help writing these songs. <laughs> Rachel has to be in the band. We're like, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. That's fine. She never, she, he never allowed her to write a single part. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a nightmare. So, yeah, the whole, yeah, he's, you would think that he came in and was like, hey, Tom, here's the song. Here's what you're going to say, exactly how you're going to say it. <laughs> hey, Pat, here are the drum beats. Hey, Bagger, I thought of this bass fill. It was not like that. But if you heard from him for years, you would think like, it, you know, he was fucking Bruce Hornsby or something. Um <laughs> No, but I th- so back way back when. So he's maybe he might have been seventeen, and we were twenty or whatever. Uh, you know, he comes home from high school, and his mother he was living with his at home, obviously, and yeah. and she's like, um, "Roger Moret from Agnostic Front called," <laughs> and and we were like, "What the fuck?" And because he he um, it ended up being like a pretty mo- like momentous show. Uh, Mad Bulls playing Wetlands. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was it was actually the first Billy Club Sandwich show ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sub Zero. Cool. Yeah, it was literally their first show ever, and it, they had been a band for like five years. Um, no joke. Like Billy Club Sandwich, Powerhouse from the from the Bay, Indecision, Twenty Five to Life, Madball. It's the first. It's when uh, the OG AF comes out and does Power and Victim and Pain with Madball. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it was like Jimmy Coletti, Kabula. It was the one of the more insane things I've ever seen in my life. But so Trip Face was on it. They couldn't do it. They recommended us. Roger Moret calls Justin at his mom's house. You know, and, and you know he was like, um, so Justin calls him back and he's like, hey, you know, I was told, you know, you guys should play. And he's like, can you draw kids? And we're like, yeah. And Justin lied slash hoped for the best and said yes. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right. You know, and we're like, yeah, of course. And then we ended up doing great. So it worked out. But like, but even then I was, we were just like, holy shit. And I, 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 maybe I'm, I'm a naive idiot, but like still for the most part, like if, if it's not, you know, day 30 of a 50 show tour and you're seeing those folks at their worst, I still, I still go like, holy fuck, that's Gavin. Like he's making me lift like ridiculous things and putting them back down, but like fucking Gavin, like that dude changed my life. Yeah, I still don't. I don't that 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 sort of stuff isn't lost on me, honestly. You know, and I I realize that they're human, and sometimes they're incredibly disappointing. And we've talked about that right. here. Well, that, and well that's kind of what I'm driving. That's where he's at. going is, for. Yeah, it is. I'm not I mean, happy. my own band's been disappointing. Yeah, of course, of course. You know what I mean? like, I've, I've witnessed that twice. Yeah. Can I ask you guys about something heavy? Not maybe, not maybe by like who you are as a human, but have you ever met someone who's a fan of your band and then felt like they were disappointed in who you were? Oh, every day. What are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with Tom and then go to Patrick. Go in. All right. So, uh, and this this is actually. 
I, I never met, got the person's name or whatever. I was in grad school and at, at John Jay in the city in Manhattan. And uh, I was friends with this hardcore girl because she had acrid patches on her bag. Mm-hmm. So we're like, hey, we're the two fucking weirdos in this master's program. Let's be friends. Right. So we end up going like after school, whatever. We're like we go to the fucking Dwayne Reed on the way back to the train and whatever. So I could never really take any kind of like positive interactions. Mm-hmm. Like I'd always be like, I don't know how to act. You're, you're being so nice to me about like some shit that I did. I don't know how to really interact with you. So I try to be like self-deprecating. Sure. Which makes it like so much fucking worse. So like I remember it's like 10 o'clock at night on like a Thursday. Some dude's like, hey, were you into the decision? I go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's me. He's like, oh, you guys are like my favorite band. And I go, oh, oh dude, my condolences. <laughs> and then like, you know, he was like, hey, man, have a good one. And then like my friend's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, what? And she's like, my condolences? She's like, you couldn't have, like, you're such a dick. And I was like, oh, I was like, no, I was being a dick about myself, not to hit. Like, then I felt terribly. But like for a long time, it was kind of like, I don't know really how to like respond to anyone being like, hey, this stuff is cool. So I'd always be like, oh, not me. Our band's terrible. Whatever. Like, sure, sure. So, I mean, I think that I'm definitely, you know, I've never been, I don't think I've ever been like shitty to a person like intentionally. Like, that was a fan of the band. But like, I've definitely been like, Hey, I don't really know how to interact with like anything positive, so I'm just gonna like say something shitty about the band and like ruin your expectation, and that sucks. Sure. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Patrick. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm a relatively disappointing person because I engage with people a lot, uh, at least online. And that builds up an expectation with some people that you are personable by nature or that you, um, you know, in some in some measure, it's the same thing that that Tom just described, where he said, "Yeah, sometimes you just say a thing that's funny to you, yes. and <laughs> and people don't fucking understand." And hey, do you think people are disappointed? And, and this is not a shot at you because you know I think of you incredibly highly. No, please. But do do you think people are almost disappointed by being like underwhelmed because they know Patrick Kenlin from the B Nine Board and Twitter? I just read, and then you're like you're like a regular dude when they meet you. <laughs> I, so the the reason that I was shouting out that uh, regional justice center uh, ad read was because they just got a write up in Grammy.com that mentions me and speaks about me like I'm worth speaking about, and that's not like, like you shepherded Ian into like the yeah, new age. Well, Ian was always his own dude, and and for sure the, the, the. But here's the thing: is like I'm sure that. No 40-year-old is reading that going, uh, that Patrick is a m- magical mystery guy, you know? But when you're young, you tend to 
take literally things that you read for better or for worse, often worse. And uh, yeah, if somebody read like, like I, I was on like Forbes.com being said that I'm like controversial. Like imagine, th- imagine like coming up to me and hoping that I'll do something controversial. Like say, say a bad word. Yo, imagine, yeah. imagine someone you worked with at one of your norm jobs in Albany was told like, Oh yeah, Patrick controversial. They'd be like, wait, is that someone else? Like, who are you talking about? Right. Like Bob, you've actually, when, when we lived together, people would be like, Oh Patrick, what's he about? Blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, I, he, he, we watch PTI together. I, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it's, yeah, we, we sit around on our laptops and sometimes we walk to Stewart's right. Like, <laughs> on Wednesdays we go to the comic book store. I don't know. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the thing. Uh, Wes, uh, from uh, American Nightmare and Cold Cave, and Mark McCoy, mm-hmm. two two men who have done uh, a relatively got j- good job of trying to maintain some mystery about themselves, you know, uh, despite being in front of people often mm-hmm. and having like a pretty prodigious alpha- output, right? But hey, everybody, those those dudes probably th- there might be a sport that they like. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have definitely eaten mass market food. Like they're they're getting uh, yeah. s- soy dogs from the grocery store. I yeah, right. uh, fucking who's the guy from the Locust? I used to stand behind him at the uh, Whole Foods in San Diego all the time. Is that Justin Pearson? Justin Pearson. Shout out to Justin Pearson. Uh, like somebody's like, oh, that's the guy from the Locust. And if I was fucking like. 22 i might have been like "Ooh, the guy from the locust is at the whole foods <laughs> right 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 right. without his mask <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> why, why isn't he dressed like an insect <laughs> so like uh, it, that is to say that like uh even if you even if people that you know from a stage don't have like the feet of clay that we mentioned which uh, by the way everybody does you can find something that you don't think is nice about anybody but uh even if they don't have those obvious feet of clay they're still like, and no, this is no respect to uh, Wes or, or, or Mark McCoy or the guy from the Locust. They're all boring people. You know what I mean? Everybody's boring. Nobody yeah. is. Nobody is who they appear on stage. You know. I mean, I believed in Dan Bozarian. Look what happened to him. <laughs> there you, there you no, go. I, I'm just kidding. I did not. I did not believe in Dan Bozarian, but he was all smoke and mirrors. It, it, that's like, there's. I guess life saying, is long. I get yeah right. And what I'm saying is. I think and we all need many, groceries. So, we all yeah. need groceries. And, and, a, and a great many people are not frauds. They're just not exciting in the way that they are for 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's uh, whatever. I'm, no, I mean, I'm not, yo, I wanted to say, I think this is interesting because this applies in a weird way, old world way, to the way these odd separators, these odd delineations between people and some form of notoriety. I was going to say celebrity, but I don't want to even use that. But, but the way you would think, oh my God, this person gets up on stage every night, sings these songs, they connect with me, some of the lyrics are really intense, oh my gosh, read an interview, seemed like an intense person, watched a video, seems like an intense person. They need groceries. Sometimes they stop and get a drink at the gas station. You know, like it's not that weird. Sometimes things are, you know, sometimes they get on the phone with their 
electric company and have to tell him like, hey, I, I, this is too much. What's what's happening here? Um, That's a good point. Yeah, but and and well, I was going to pivot. I was just going to yeah. say I want to get there, Tom. Sure. I wonder if because I again I see less of this now. I think there's lowered expectations from people, and you guys can tell me if you feel different. Because I feel like a lot of people are starting to understand that's what the social media glass does, right? Like you're seeing what everyone wants to be put out there um, for the most part. There's, there's some people who really be putting their like microwave lunch on social media. So <laughs> we can um, talk about that if that's yeah, better or worse. We can yeah, talk yeah, about but, that. But like, yo, you're seeing either the best moment of this person's day, the worst moment, the most extreme version of their day, whatever it is they're trying to put out there. And I hope people see through that or realize, like, hmm, your boring ass goes to fucking Walmart just like I had to eat today. You know what I mean? Yes. My one thing I was going to say, yeah, one please. of the few people that I know or that I've seen that literally is the same exact person, whether he's buying mm-hmm. a fucking pack of tidy white is at Walmart or on stage, sure. our favorite, John Brandon. Oh. Oh, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. dude is exactly – there's nothing about it that's – Well, yo, like, I feel like he's one of the more credi- – he's just kind of like the crankiest punk dude ever. And not not for nothing, I, I don't know how much he's advertised this, but he hasn't necessarily run from his problems. Like that is to say like um, there was a time where uh, – he was looked at as a guy who was struggling. Right. And instead of record, like kind of like hiding in the shadows of that, maybe fact, or maybe, maybe misinterpretation. I wasn't Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he kind of, that fits with sort of how he carries himself. And it does. And there's other, I, I agree with you fellas. There is something very impressive with, someone who can fail publicly in whatever respect, you know, and and struggle publicly in whatever respect. Uh, And in some ways, I think that that's probably, um, it's a harder road to walk than being, um, uh, guarded. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it also might have, less downside. And what I mean by that is, um, if you interact with John Brandon and, and he is, uh, asking you to, if, if he can, if he can have a bum a cigarette and, uh, wants to know where, uh, the, the closest Buffalo wild wings is, uh, you wouldn't be mad at that interaction. No. And if he, and if conversely, he wants to talk to you about, uh, a French novel that he, that he read when he was 24 and it sticks out in his mind because it made such a, an impression on him. And he speaks about it passionately and you're watching this, this, uh, older fellow that we all recognize just like get deep on something. You would say, wow, I just had a really interesting and, and right. kind of fulfilling exchange with the guy that I admire. And right. so there's almost no way to lose for him, but if, if Wes from fucking Cold Cave walks up to you and is like, he's like, yo, where's the local B-dubs? And <laughs> y- 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 you're kind of, you're kind of like, it's a lot of people would be taken aback by that and, and say, oh, 
Wes wants to go to the local B dubs? You know, but, like but like no, yo, I, th- I think yeah, I think it's <laughs> I I think consistency from stage to not stage is something that we're putting on people more. Oh, so, that's a fact. You know? Yes, it's and, a, and it's and, but I agree, sure. it's tough. It's tough in hardcore because what you want and, and like our ideal is this idea of like no separation between artist and audience. No separation between who you are off stage and on stage, but as we've kind of said here many times, one, yo, Tom, at what point in your average Friday would you get in front of a bunch of people and start screaming at them? Hopefully, <laughs> never, right? No, I mean, unless a meeting goes real sideways, real yeah. sideways, and and even then, afterwards, you're like, oh my god, that sucks. As opposed to the feeling after like a great show, where you're like, yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, the way uh, I yelled yeah, at those was people fun, yeah. was excellent. So, right, so they seemed to really like. They reacted to me yelling at them. Yeah, it was great. They were applauding my yells. Great. The more I yelled, the more they did. It was crazy. <laughs> so, so there's that 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 part. And, Maybe and, I'll bring that into my management style. Yeah, you, right. Yo, but but there's so the, there's what that, the fuck. There's that <laughs> element, right? And there's something that I think doesn't get said. Is that there is still we talk about it here, and we've we've dabbled in it, and we've pointed at it but it's i think it's always worth saying when we ignore the performance element of hardcore it's being silly it's it's being naive and juvenile in a way that betrays the actual format yo when someone gets up on stage and performs tom how many times have you played um the for those I love, I will sacrifice. Yeah, them. how many times? Five uh, hundred, uh, th- like right? It's got to be. Yeah, probably. Yeah, as many shows as we played since nineteen ninety seven. Right, all of those, MPB included. Right, and and Patrick, there are songs you've performed. How many times? You know what I mean, right? Like yeah, hundred, hundred fifty. Right. So, a performance of it at the first time is different than performance of it the three hundredth time. And it's still a performance. You know what I mean? Like when you go up there and you play it and you want to, you want to display emotion and exhaust yourself and exert yourself and, and do something. Is that, are you saying at performance 300, it lacks authenticity? No, it's, it's a performance. So, so it's, it's really interesting. I also think there's funny connections when you go back and look at the history of punk and hardcore uh, Ian Mackay was active in his high school theater. Mm. Lee Ving, active. Uh, Henry Rollins clearly has a theatrical streak to him. Um, um, our friend Chris from Western Mass has a woo, degree in acting. Woo, sure. <laughs> uh, um, Bachelor's degree. Despian. No, I mean, and yo, uh, our buddy Brody King, you know, like, dude is a very successful yeah. professional wrestler. For a lot of the same reasons, this dude is a successful and incredible Friendly. presence on the stage. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's he's going up there and performing. He's not, you know. So there's these elements to this that I think are worth talking about. That it's okay. Like, yo, you know what? <clears throat> I had experiences where, like, yo, it was cool. Like, I don't, I, I don't think that it's fair to expect for any of these people to have to like spend their Friday afternoon at work <coughs> acting the same way as they're going to spend their Friday evening at the show. Right. But it's no, like, but it's I think there's a, saying, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
I'm sorry, no, but there's like a happy medium because it's kind of Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, you're not going to be like fucking stage diving off your fucking couch. But if you get up there talking about like these multinational fucking death corporations like McDonald's, but you're eating fucking Taco Bell, you're no better. No, exa- well, and that's that's where. And that's the yeah, one hundred percent. We're on the same. You, you even the ideas of like, hey man, you don't be taking off the the French uh, cufflinks uh, before you get on stage and start talking about um, the struggles of the working middle class. You know what I mean? Like, like right? Like let's let's try to preserve that but that's where where i think the beauty of hardcore lies and where when people actually get excited about authenticity that's where you feel it the most is when someone's not putting on they're 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 performing but they're not putting on airs they're not being inauthentic do you think the guy from ghost ever goes into an aldi and buys uh pudding cups on sale Yes, of course. Does I think he, do he it might in that be a voice, though. <laughs> he doesn't have voice. Yo, I think that's <laughs> that's that's the real like these. There's a lot of those like theme like what is it? The two minutes to midnight, dude. He's got the makeup on and all that fucking shit. Yeah. Yo, uh, have bands who tour in with stage where have them go like yo, Lady Gaga. Have Lady Gaga go and go shopping at, you know, fucking Ralph's in her on stage apparel with all her dancers. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the game. Have Guar go and get their oil changed full full gear. You know? <laughs> like just just you know, I think that's where we gotta go with that. Like on stage, off stage, the same. Um Glenn Danzig, full devil lock, just going to Petco. Buying cat food. Yeah. Um, oh, Patrick, you, you are the leader. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. You've got the wheel. Where are we going? Well, I just want to ask you, do you think that we're on the verge of a nausea sense? No. I wish, but no. No. A better band than people acknowledge. I've seen more nausea in my timeline in, in the last two weeks than I've heard anybody mention nausea in 20 years. They, I mean, they they launched an Instagram fairly recently. Okay, yeah, that would explain go. it. And like, I mean, Amy's the coolest. And the sure. like, it's like they're the coolest looking band too. That's so that doesn't hurt. Yo, I um, at some point put this on the long list. I want to do the uh, the lesser New York City comps, which it's so like there's the oh, way it I'd is. I love that. There's the way it is and where the wild things are, right? But then after, and then there's the new breed comp, and the new breed comp's cool, and it was a tape comp, and Freddie Alva and Chaka, it's awesome. Yeah. 
But then after that, there's the Squatter Rock comp, which is actually fucking cool. Shout out Dave Ackerman. The um, Murderers Among Us comp that has the only Moondog song on it. The Forever comp. There's a bunch of these weird comps that are post those. And if we wanted, we could really stretch out and go do the early 80s shit too. But there's... And then those movements... You can track New York City, hard, New York hardcore, through compilations all the way to basically 2000. And that's kind of... Oh, cool. I, yeah. I, I cannot wait for us to do New York's hardest. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, because if you go... Well, the, uh, the way it is is 87. New York's hardest, is that 95? Not, not, you nailed it. Good for you. That feels like a long time. But then you go, oh, 87. But then there's these comps that were, I, I mentioned those lesser comps. They're like 91, 92. Like, yo, there's. there's I mean, there was East Coast Assault, East which Coast was huge. Assault. Yes, people yes man. So we can track all these things. So uh, that's, that's in a, uh, a, you're getting a little on-air pre-pro here. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's uh, so Naja's a funny one. Shout out Tribal War Records. Hey, that dude, Neil would always come to every show. Yep. Big. With like his this show and stuff, like mm-hmm. whatever it was, if it was fucking indecision silent majority or if it was fucking disassociate, that dude would be there. He's always super fucking cool. That's so cool. Yep. And he's yeah. out in Portland now. Yes, now yes. seems to be farming. Yeah. Good for him. Great dude. <clears throat> um, let's see. I'm trying. Oh, okay. I got a, a news item, but it's. I think we can safely. I think we can safely talk about it because it's now going to be almost a month old when this airs. Yes. And I'm grateful that it's in the rear view. TikTok hardcore woman. Somebody yes. asked me if we were going to talk about this. I said, what do we have to say about this? Here's what I have to say about it. Come on now. This is not worth anybody getting worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on now. I'm going to throw something out there. She knows more words than most fucking hardcore kids. Good, good point. Okay. So everyone should shut the fuck up. So here's the thing, right? Let her live. She's yes. doing more for hardcore than fucking 75% of you idiots. It's also... All right. Hold on. Let's establish a baseline here. She's a young woman, and a lot of times young women don't feel comfortable in hardcore. So yes. I think there's... Oh, no- I wonder why. Well, sure, because people think, are fucking checking her now, like checking her fucking right. resume when she's singing about singing God Tate songs. And but here, but Tom, to that, I'm not going to cape for her for that reason. I'm going to remain totally agnostic about kind of like the context of like the larger context. All right, and I'm just going to try to address this on its own merits. And it still results in let her fucking live. <laughs> let her live, man. <laughs> like it was, I. So, firstly, I was so glad to find that I didn't know what anybody was talking about. Yeah. Right? I was, like, so grateful. Good I, life I, sign. I, oh, my God. Per, like, I only I, knew because the bands that were on it were like, well, thanks for this. <laughs> so, Brody or, like, Colin or whoever were, like, you know, not loose dudes were, like, retweeting. Like, this is cool. Here's my point. And I would like to hear, sincerely, I won't shit on you. Hit us with an email. If there's something about it that is uncool, because here's my feeling. I'd never liked Screamo shows, but I really liked, and you saw this actually at some of the, uh, some of the crust shows as well. Mm. Uh, I always liked the guy in the front who had no friends, who was freaking out 
for every band. Yes. I like that guy. Coolest guy at every show, straight up. <laughs> and he he shouldn't offend anybody. He's enjoying what's happening. And look, I'm sure that most of our listeners don't feel the same way we do. But you know, maybe some of maybe some of them are the people I saw clowning her. And I just I think that moshing in your bedroom is cool. Yes. Undeniable. Thank you. Okay. So it's, is it cool? No, it's not cool, but it's cool. It's, 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 it's it's dorky as fuck and it's fucking cool. Exactly. It's, it's the thing that it's, it's the purest of emotion. It's what you're doing when you're by yourself and expressing like, I love this so much. This is, this is causing me to do this stuff by myself. No one looking. I, I, I can't possibly be doing this to look cool or for someone else to see me. I'm just, this is how much I love this. Yes. And, you know, look, I understand TikTok is a social thing and people look at it and give you likes or dislikes or whatever the fuck. I'm going to sound so fucking old. Never mind. But the... <laughs> I, I, figure, I don't know how the fucking shit works. Anyway, the the point is that I just don't see how that's any lamer a a, a form of exp- of enjoying a thing than any of the other principally lame shit that we all do, right? Like. I don't know. Is there a difference between doing like a, a hardcore mega mix medley on TikTok and trying to see how far you can get to the back of the room on uh, head walking? Is there a fucking difference? It's uh, this is a goofy yeah, subculture. It's all performative. I, yeah. I, I I hate to break it to people. This is a goofy subculture. Oh and, yeah. And, and it's like, yo, I'm happy that anybody's having fun. Yo, there's yeah. Ba- there's bands I straight up actually. Bob, mm-hmm. you know this better than anybody because the, the our musical divide is not actually about like like you know we joke about youth crew versus metalcore. Sure. But but we both appreciate some of, of that the other, cro- yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's not really about that. What it, but something that you and I do disagree on and this is a sure thing. This is why when I'm in the shore I I I I check I I, I have uh, my head on a swivel because I'm a target. <laughs> because I hate, I hate fucking fun. You know what I mean? Like Uh I don't, I don't like fun hardcore. I think it's shit. It's, it sucks balls. And now, well, so we should, we should parse that, but please go. Yeah. With that in mind, that's just like, ultimately as much as that's not for me, I'm happy. I, do you want to fucking sing songs about pizza? Go well, off, so, King. So that's <laughs> the line. And I no, I'm exactly I'm with that too. I think there's a line for some people. Like if you read the lyrics to say a band like Get Real or Blind Justice or like Little Rascals, even the 15-year-olds, they don't have any goofy songs. <laughs> Like I think this okay the 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 silliest get real song is probably party poopers which the lyrics are call the cops 
if you th- if you fucking dare call the cops if you think I care, your party's over when when we start ours. Um, so I, I, it's been a long time since I actually listened to the songs. Yeah, not joking. No, no, not no, 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 no joking. But total like, hey, we want to have fun vibe. Now, yes. right, and beach rat vibe, beach, beach rat, like yeah, like surf clothes, whatever, whatever, yeah. and and like part of the reason because I think you would say in a lot of other aspects, I'm not big on fun. Like I'm not here for the Rambo show. No, I'm not, you're not here for the <laughs> like. You are actually you are harder against the Rambo show than I. Well, am. well, but but in my because at the time I was like I thought especially as young I was. I thought it was antithetical to the ideas that they were saying. The ideas that like, hey, some of what you're saying might have hold resonance and maybe the goofy vibe is undercutting that. And in reality, who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, and it's and it can be both. And you know, it can be both and that's okay. Right. And and in that case, I don't say this for everything, but in that case, it can literally just be for the, somebody else you exactly, know exactly. Like, that can just be the somebody else's sensibility and so where it always got for me was the idea that a lot of the stuff i'm talking about like yo those dudes would do big, halloween shows here were big and they were actually pretty fun because people just didn't give a rip everybody was dressed up and fucking around a, a lot of times there were record release shows where it's like hey everybody dress up in costumes and be fucking fun um but it still wasn't like the music was still serious. Like the lyrical content was still serious and real and all that, blah, 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 blah. And, and it was almost that the, the tension between those two things I always thought was cool. And we actually have had that conversation of like fun music versus goofy music or like silly music. And like when it comes to songs about pizza, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a hard sell. Um, despite the fact that I love fucking pizza. Um, but the idea of undercutting <laughs> undercutting stuff that gets too self-serious, it's it's like threading the needle. I'm sitting here and I'm like, yo, Tragedy is the coolest fucking band. I love them. When I've seen them, they're incredible. But were they a tad too self-serious? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I think so. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's was, why that's why we had to find out they're into sports. <laughs> right, right. That was important. And they own cell phones and yeah. have Seahawks. Jerseys. No, and, and and you know sometimes they do crafts. You know, like it's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um. So so you know I think it's kind of that balance and uh, you know again same thing Tom like to me and being at the shore yo always the vibe from the shows was like yeah oh they're all wearing board shorts and tank tops yeah because that's what they wore all day. Yeah, they came from the beach to get here. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's like they're probably the same that shows in OC and stuff. It's like 100%. And yo, know, like, like when bands come here, uh, one of my favorite shows at the shore ever, I was home from California. The band Career Suicide was playing the shore. Ian Dixon put on the show. Shout out, Ian. And those dudes were all chilling. We were like, I was like, yo, let's go to the beach. We went to the beach, hanging out. Go get burritos. They're like, this is the best day on tour ever. This is great. We're going to the. We, I think we went. I think we went to the beach. Then went and got burritos. Then went back to the beach. We were very late for the show. Poor Ian was pulling his hair out. But it was like, yo, that's the vibe. It's so cool. Let's just have fun. Um, right, and it's every day. It, yeah, yeah, that was a good time. Um, but uh, where the hell did we get started on this the seriousness? Um, no, uh, fun, fun at shows. 
Um, yes. Do you, do you, Patrick, like any fun bands? Tom, I, you, you like fun bands, so I'm, that's why I'm not starting with you. Yeah. But I, I think, Tom, you're a lot in the same boat as me. You like fun, but you don't like goofy, and it can cross a line. I like No Redeeming Social Value. I yep. like Murphy's Law. Yep. Yep. Patrick. I like good, I like good clean fun. No apologies. <sighs> Too close. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever, like, go in on a good clean fun show? We, we've never talked about that. Uh, no, I would have. Okay, so like what the secret that people don't want to say is good clean fun shows in 1998 were lit. Like people yeah, were going lit. nuts. Lit. Very popular. Yes. And and like Tom might be just at the right age that he was over the line, but like yo, if you're my age, like I'm not in any good clean fun pictures, but I could have been. Could have been, sure. Yeah. I mean I was not, I mean I was only like 22. Yeah. I was on tour, but I was like all right. Stupid. No, that's that's what I mean. You were literally the like the the line, you kind of were like, uh, I don't know if you're like, okay, I don't know if this is cool. You weren't like a hater or anything, but like, no, I had no problem. Yeah, yeah. but like, I was 16, you know? Sure. Do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. They're talking about AOL. Yeah. Well, yo, know, and <laughs> the songs are, are fine and they were clearly good enough players and, and the whole room was excited, you know? So also, Cats and Dogs is a goofy song. Yes. It just also happens to actually have some resonance to a message, you know? But it's goofy. Uh, I would actually say that a a fair amount of Gorilla Biscuits is goofy. Gorilla Biscuits uh, art is goofy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, But certainly nobody's... Oh, you know what the line is for me? Descendants are too goofy for sure. We've talked about that. Whoa. Uh, uh, but Relax. I'm a good, clean, fun advocate. So Yeah, how the fuck is that? Yeah, Number yeah. one, they're named after a Descendants song. and Yeah. Well. Do you think, are there, when you think of the Descendants, what song comes to your mind, Patrick? Like, what Descendants songs do you know? I think it's the one where he's like, I'm outside your window masturbating. Isn't that just an Ink and Dagger song? <laughs> uh, no. Can you actually think of a Descendant song? Um, yeah, there's one. Uh, fuck. There, I think that there's one that I semi like. Okay. What is the? Hmm. No, maybe I'm wrong. I'm trying to think if I can make a five song Descendants mix that you would think is pretty good. Yo, to give you I an think idea, I could. Listen. I don't even. The funny songs are terrible. Yeah. I don't even really like Dag Nasty. No, I don't. Tom, I'm thinking I'm doing weird Descendant songs like Days or Blood. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's the angle yeah, I would go. But- and maybe you slide in one, like, maybe Coolidge, like one of the weirder. And, like, maybe I, you go with their, just like their new yeah. wave leaning stuff. Yeah, no. I, 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 Dag Nasty. Is- I hate the funny songs, though. Yeah, funny songs ruin the records. On all of them, like I can't, and they still play them live, and I'm like, I don't want to hear all logistics. No, I don't want to hear Van. No, none of. The, I want to hear fucking the 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 hits, best pop punk, yeah, best punk songs ever written. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Patrick Dagnasty is too. What is Dagnasty to you? It's too clean, too lightweight. Yeah, too lightweight. yeah. It's, you know what it's like? It's like going to see a clean comedian. Yeah. Well, I mean, Even the Sean Brown stuff. I I love Sean's voice. 
I was going to say, like, if you compare it to Swizz, it feels like seeing a clean comedian. That's a good. That's a good way to compare it. And I, and I say this is a full fledged act nasty head. Like, so they're like Brian Regan. The like big yellow one's his son. That's he's that's dang nasty to you. Yeah. Yes. Do you know, uh, but but that can occasionally be good. You know, I saw Nick Bergazzi. Bergazzi. Mm-hmm. He's a comedian. Totally clean. You don't notice because he's so good at it. Yeah. B- but. And that's certainly Dagnasty to a lot of our listeners, but no, if you just isolate it out, I, I, well, you're also not a big Dave Smalley vocalist fan. No. And I don't know how you feel about the dude, F- Peter Cortner, who's on uh, wig out or field day. I would almost say you'd probably prefer him. I like him the best. Me I think, too. Yeah, I think wig out's my favorite. So yeah, wig out is their best, favorite. but I, I still, I, I think it, it would still lack the teeth. You'd want it had to have, which is interesting because What's the difference between Dag Nasty and Seven Seconds in terms of its relative weight? Do you know what I mean? I I don't know, but to me there is. I would know? say, you know what I would say is that the early t- Seven Seconds material, meaning everything up to Walk Together, Rock Together, mm-hmm. has just enough bite and just enough zing, sometimes in the speed, sometimes in the lyrical content, um, that... And, and yo, even for singing, like he's he's clearly singing and oh, ooing and awing, but like he ha- he hits a couple spots that it enables the later material to be soft as clouds, and and it's okay if that makes sense. Whereas with Dag Nasty, the starting point is already more comparable to New Wind or After. Yeah, that's a fact. I don't think it's as good though. I it, it, yo. I want to hear from our oh, listeners. This is a, that's a fun question. Okay. I want to hear from our listeners. Is the mid-period... Seven seconds. Seven seconds material, which I think is pretty untouchable, honestly, and as we've discussed on this podcast, painfully underrated. Like, everybody on... Define oh, mid-period for... It's going to be, it's for gonna be the three records after New Wind. It's New Wind, I think it's Praise and Ourselves. Uh... Ye- New wind praise ourselves and soul force, wait, soul force wait, revolution. Yeah. Soul force revolution. It comes before ourselves. Right? No, ourselves is before soul force. Ourselves oh, is eighty eight. Soul force is eighty nine. I always thought okay. it was the other way too. Okay. Um, so wait, Bob, did you include New Wind or everything after? After New, uh, I'll include New Wind. I'll include New Wind. I'd say I'd say you get like the the skins for life crew walk together rock together. New Wind feels like the ushering in of a new era. You could That's say fine. it's the transition record, but. Okay, so everybody in our listenership, go listen to that. Don't say you're familiar with it. We get it. Even if you don't like Seven Seconds, you think you know Seven Seconds, but just listen. And then listen to what, da- I mean, I guess all the- Dag Nasty, can I say, and Dag Nasty, wig out at Denko's. And if you want to get really lively and, and get a sampling, with, do the Dag Nasty with Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and let us know what you think is better. I'm going to guess... Okay, here's a question to you guys. Is Dag Nasty the, in some ways, the meat and potatoes version of 7 Seconds? No, uh, it's tough. It's different. Uh-huh. It is different for sure, but is it like... The, the, what I'm saying is like... Okay, here's a question. Which sounds more like hardcore to your ear? Oh... It's a really good question because Dag Nasty is playing 
the mid '80s DC sound, which doesn't yep. total, which doesn't really have breakdowns. Yep. And neither does mid era seven seconds. No, mid era seven seconds starts putting in like basically rap parts. Yeah, and, uh, and well, and and, and there's buildups, but there's n- very rarely a break. Hmm. I would say New Wind might be quote unquote more hardcore, but like Can I Say to me is still a classic hardcore record. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I think yeah, that I think I, I here's where I'm gonna I'll probably differ. And Tom, I, I want to hear what you think of this. If you were going with those the mid era seven seconds records versus the the Dagnasty classic stuff, I go. Can I say I go wig out? Can I say New Wind? soul force <laughs> and i enjoy them all but but those but in terms of core i agree with that yeah 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 that totally praise just doesn't have the tracks and ourselves doesn't totally have the tracks but i am going to do the same activity because it's been a while since i gave those whole album listens whereas soul force i've listened to pretty recently uh praise is a crazy record because it's abnormally good without necessarily standout tracks Right. right, which is a, are we going to see a seven seconds renaissance? We talked about we, this. We think there is. Yeah, we've, yeah. Okay, so Bob has close contact with uh, the anxious guys and, and uh, one step closer guys, and I think that that has. I haven't. I don't know what they're writing. You know what I mean? But that has the potential to pull from those to pull those influences in. Mm. And then what I think is that you're going to have an orbit of. Because I think that those, are, in some ways, are the two most exciting bands in hardcore. And I say this as a person who doesn't... That's not my sound. Like, I'm not, like... I wouldn't necessarily reach for those bands in the same way, like... Like, there's a new Kulu record I'm excited about. You understand? So, like, it's not necessarily, like, the sound for me. But I think that those are the... I've said this. I think that those are two of the most exciting bands because they are going to bring in more 20-year-olds who are excited about hardcore than almost any other acts I can think of. And I think that that's cool. You know what I mean? So uh, they could pull in some of those influences. And more than that, I think that there'll be bands in their orbit that very directly do. Yeah, I mean, yo, Tom. Yes. How many new records are you excited about, like, coming in the next, whatever, six months, a year? Quite honestly, I don't know what the hell's coming. Okay. Uh, but I'm, you know, I mean, I think I'm psyched for the, uh, if uh, the one step closer record, mm, mm. if there's a record coming out, oh, yeah. which you can speak to or not speak at, I, I'm psyched for that. <clears throat> you know, it's people have been so quiet, so it's either going to be yeah. an influx of like all my all my favorite current bands are putting records out, or they all broke up. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. So I don't really know, like you know, the f- people that I know, you know, personally, like right. I know Incendiary still around, yeah, but like. Or Mind Force or whomever. Yeah, you know what? I, I am actually very, very excited for the Age of Apocalypse record. Oh, heard good things. The stuff that they've put out recently on that split that uh, with uh, Pain of Truth that Alex put out. Truth to hate. Alex and Nicole. Shout sorry, out. it's actually Nicole and Alex. Alex. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> those songs are incredible, and the song on that uh, the, the 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 comp one scene called, unity. Um, yeah, the previous one. Yeah, uh, are fucking awesome, and I think that band's going to be gigantic. Um, 
there's so much. I mean, I, I'm curious to hear that it's cool. I think it'll be cool. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I mean, uh, if if the Turnstile single is any taste of the album, I'm very excited oh, for that. The same. That single's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much stuff that, like, there could be 20 records between now and January that have just been, like, sitting waiting. Yeah. Yo, I, I think we're going to get some of that. Can I say, can I say something that's, like, kind of, like, related, but maybe... Uh, if you're this far into the podcast listeners and you're in bands, we have a lot of listeners who are in bands. This could be a great few years if we all get along. 100%. Like, like truly this could, I'm thinking about a big turnstile. Like think about what turnstile undeniably a hardcore act. And look, this is with this. I say this with respect to knock loose. I say this with respect to code orange. Those are hardcore acts. But they have so much metal in them yes. that that maybe some people lose the plot on that. Yes. Right? Turnstile, while it has a lot of a lot of melody, so does seven seconds. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, and actually you want to talk about like, you know, some turnstile sounds like ourselves era seven seconds. So sure. whatever. Po- point is, um they're if that if turnstile can make that type of hardcore kind of like exciting for people, there's going to be a, a trickle down effect that is going to really, it could be a lit few years for hardcore. And this is just my plea. And I'm a person, I don't get along with everybody. You understand? Mm -hmm. But, but if we can get along, it's going to be some good years. It's going to be an exciting. goes out of it and shit. It's going to be huge. Yo, it's going to be an exciting time for hardcore. Like the meme that's I going around the, Hey, everybody, just so you know, we good. I might yeah, not have talked to you, but we don't got beef. We good. If everyone could just keep that energy and realize like, let's just get along. We don't have to be best friends. You could see some of the coolest mixed bill tours, that work all of a sudden bringing different people in exposing people to different stuff and just having a fucking good time, man. I promise you it is so much more fun to, to go to a 600 person pack to the yes. gill show. Yes. Uh, than it is to isolate and go, well, there could be 600 people, but we, we didn't want to play with X and X and X. And now we're playing with uh, to 130 people and it's cool because right. they all love us, but, but that's it. I, I don't know. I, I, that just hit me like a, like a lightning bolt where I was like, God damn. Like, cause like, yeah, these bands like one step closer that are like, to me going to be kind of like vanguards of like what this is no disrespect one step closer, but like high water hardcore, you know, like you, like your pants are, kind of high but you're playing hardcore music like <laughs> okay. i don't think they're gonna take offense to that like no they they got a cool sense of style ain't, yeah, for, like, ain't ma- for you or me man yeah like maybe like maybe like one guy in the band's got a five panel on or a dad hat and then there's like some high waters going on and like nobody's really very built yo you know? shout out to one step closer because you know if if their clothing's getting talked about, that means they're a band that people really fuck. That's with. true. That's a fact. True. So, like, so like high water hardcore, they could be kind of like the vanguards of that. And then I don't know how much touring Akulu wants to do, but I I swear to God, if they if their trajectory 
stays the same in terms of writing fucking lit music, then that's going to be fucking. And you know what's crazy? Akulu doesn't need to tour. Akulu can, can, and again, I'm not trying to condemn them. Maybe they want to tour. I'm not trying to say you can't tour (laughs) Akulu, but I don't know how much touring they did prior to, to what they're doing now. But my point is there's going to be bands like King nine, for example, King nine, not crazy touring, right? Nope. But there is a King nine sphere, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where, it's not necessarily King Nine that's going out on the road, but it's something related to King Nine. It's something that's like adjacent to King Nine, and th- it carries some of the energy along with it. Same thing with the Kulu. It, it, like you can have these like tentpole records, and it inspires the the kid next to them. I'm sorry, I'm I'm on like a good feeling about hardcore right now. Maybe I have to pee or something, but I I, I, I feel I, I I feel I feel positive about shit right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, King Nine got to this to the point that like it's like they don't have to tour, but they can do a week here or do, you know, a one-off in London or wherever the fuck, you know what I mean? Like they don't. Yeah. And, and what I mean is like the bands that like look up to King nine for lack of a better word, like they, maybe they go out and maybe they're the hard touring ones. So we still get like a little bit of that energy out there and it's all good. Like, it's just like a good ecosystem. Yo, that's a good place to leave. So we got some new music coming cause there's, we we had that show NATO day the other day. Uh, we don't need to get into it, but yeah. but but the world is alive. Uh, the world is alive with the music. Sound of music. Yeah, here we are. Um, shout yeah, out drug church. Yeah. Ooh, drug church got big news. Um, we got maybe a self defense record. Yeah. Self defense. Yeah. You got news. Um, and uh, we yeah we we we're happy because it's been a long time, and we're gonna get back to some new music episodes soon. Um, PK, thank you for leading us today. This was a fun one. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, uh, somebody else take the reins next time, <laughs> but, uh, everybody be good.